section thirty four of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter twenty seven the supple jack reaches boxada de santa fe plans for the protection of the fleet when returning a night expedition to survey an island alarm magnificent exploit rocket battery peppers the batteries of san lorenzo to some effect squadron passes unharmed escape of the boat monte video reached the supple jack continued her course up the river and the following day got beyond the reach of rosa's flying artillery tom and gerald having been well fed during their adventures were not much the worse for them and after a good night's sleep were well able to return to their duty they of course had to repeat their adventures to their own messmates and needham and snatchblock were also eager to hear all about them at last the brig reached boxadar de santa fe a town of some size built partly at the foot and partly on the side of a lofty hill which rises above the river it is surrounded by corrals or cattle farms where thousands of animals are slaughtered for the sake of their hides and tallow alone which are shipped from the port as there are not human mouths sufficient to consume the enormous quantities of beef it is thrown away and carried off by vast flocks of galanasas caracaras carrion crows and other birds of prey which hover over the country their appearance and the odour arising from the putrefying flesh making the place far from agreeable here the supple jack found a large fleet of merchantmen which had been further increased by others which had come down the river the question was how they all were to get back again to the sea two or three steamers which came up after the supple jack had suffered by a hot fire opened on them from the batteries newly thrown up by rosas several officers and men having been killed and wounded the most formidable batteries were those at san lorenzo which were now completed and it could not be expected that the fleet would be allowed to repass them without a strong opposition several plans were thought of the bluejackets and marines might land and storm the batteries but such an undertaking could only be carried out with great loss of life as the troops of rosas were not to be despised and as the batteries were open in the rear they could not be held without a strong force some weeks were spent at this most undelectable of places so that everybody was eager to return no one however knew what plan of operation had been determined on at length the long-looked-for signal was hoisted and the fleet of men-of-war and merchant vessels got under way and proceeded down the stream they presented a truly beautiful spectacle as their clouds of white canvas covered the entire breadth of the river and certainly never before had so many vessels floated together on its waters on the thirty first of may they came to an anchor on the entre rios shore about four miles above the formidable batteries of san lorenzo 
still no one besides the commander and a few officers entrusted with the secret knew what plan had been determined on all that the rest were certain of was that a plan had been formed and should it prove successful that the fleet might escape a severe handling but otherwise that the guns of san lorenzo if well served might sink or damage every ship in the squadron indeed the deep water channel down which the ships must pass was only about three hundred yards from the guns of the enemy and which from their elevation could send a plunging fire directly down on their decks in front of the batteries about twelve hundred yards from them was one of an archipelago of islands extending for some miles along the eastern or entre rio shore of the river covered with trees brushwood and reeds the passages between these islands and the eastern shore were much too shallow for the navigation of vessels of any size of necessity therefore the whole fleet had to pass under the high cliff of san lorenzo crowned by its formidable batteries the skippers of the merchantmen were quaking in their shoes believing that the men-of-war must be sent to the bottom and effectually block up the channel so that they would be caught in a trap and fall into the hands of the tyrant rosas all sorts of reports were flying about some said that one hundred heavy guns were planted on the top of the cliffs and that red-hot shot and missiles of all sorts would be showered down on them but still the commodore kept the plan he proposed to adopt secret the officers of the men-of-war however felt confident that whatever it was it would most likely succeed terence had returned to his ship jack was now alone he was seated in his cabin when a lieutenant from one of the steamers came on board come rogers you are wanted by the commodore as you are not only to be let into the secret of the plan but to assist in carrying it out jack highly delighted jumped up and buckling on his sword accompanied his brother officer on board the flagship the expedition was immediately to start to examine the island in front of the batteries the plan was simple in the extreme should shelter be found on the island it was proposed to plant a rocket battery behind it and as the ships came down to throw up showers of rockets into the fort so as to drive the spaniards from their guns till the whole fleet had passed evening was drawing on the boat was ready the english and french commodores lieutenant mckinnon the designer of the scheme jack and several other officers went in her the oars were muffled nothing was said above a whisper and with just sufficient light for them to see their way they pulled through the narrow passages between the islands completely hidden from the western shore till they had reached the large one directly opposite the batteries the dim outline of which they could discern between the trees just as the boat's bows touched the oozy bank a loud rustling was heard and they fully expected that a jaguar was about to spring upon them the officers drew their swords to defend themselves for had they ventured to fire a musket or pistol they would have been betrayed they looked anxiously not knowing on whom the animal might spring when greatly to their relief they saw not a jaguar but a harmless capybara or water-hog which plunged into the water and swam to the opposite bank the officers now landed 
the seniors first stepping on shore and made their way over swampy ground through brushwood to the opposite or western shore of the island directly under the batteries they proceeded in silence crouching down for fear of being perceived their object being to ascertain what shelter was to be found for the rocket battery which it was proposed to plant greatly to their satisfaction they discovered that nature or rather the river itself when swollen by the rains had constructed a bank in every possible way suited for the object in view indeed it was such that one hundred men working for a week could not have thrown up one to equal it everything being thus found as they could wish they returned to complete the necessary arrangements still of course not a word of the plan was made known on board the fleet lest by any means spies might carry it to the ears of rosas the wind was now blowing up the river so that even had everything been ready the fleet of sailing vessels could not move the next night the rocket party under the command of lieutenant mckinnon the originator of the plan took their departure in the paddle-box boat of the steamer to which he belonged consisting of twelve men of the marine artillery the same number of seamen and four officers jack though well inured to danger could not conceal from himself the risk that must be run a pistol going off or the slightest want of caution of the party might betray them to the enemy when boats would be sent across to attack them though they might make a good fight with their rockets they would in all probability be cut to pieces before assistance could reach them in perfect silence the boat left the ship few with the exception of those immediately engaged being aware where she was going with muffled oars they pulled along the narrow channel amid the reed-covered islands keeping a lookout lest any of the enemy's boats might be on the watch rosas however did not suspect their design and at length without accident they reached the spot at the back of the island which had been fixed on for effecting a landing it was a little bay formed by a point of land on one side of it running out some twenty feet or more into the stream close to this point a large willow tree had fallen into the river the boat was run in between the branches which assisted to conceal her a number of boughs were also cut and stuck into the shore by her side some being laid across her so that she was completely hidden from any passer-by as soon as this was done the party commenced landing the rocket stands and rockets the men found it very fatiguing as they had first to cross a swamp into which they sank up to their knees and they then had a considerable distance to go over rough and uneven ground among thick roots and brushwood till they reached the bank where the rocket stands were to be planted all hands however worked without a murmur and soon had the rocket stands placed and so directed that the rockets might as they hoped just clear the top of the batteries and fall in among the men at the guns the men pretty well knocked up returned to the boat where however a glass of grog apiece and some pork and biscuit soon set them right again an officer and two men being left to watch the stands and rockets the rest turned in under a tarpaulin spread over the boat where they went to sleep 
the wind however continued blowing up the river and the fleet could not move they found that even in daylight they could walk in safety across the island by crouching down under the bushes till they gained the shelter of the bank the guards could thus be relieved at stated intervals twenty-eight embrasures with heavy guns in them were counted in the forts at the top of the cliffs instead of the hundred which had been talked of these however if well served were sufficient to produce fearful damage among the fleet if not to destroy it entirely so near were the batteries that with pocket telescopes the party could distinguish the faces of the people in them among others they discerned general moncelia a brother-in-law of rosas who drove up in his carriage with four horses and inspected the troops and guns little suspecting that his enemies were crouching down so near him the men had of course received strict instructions not on any account to show themselves the second night while lieutenant mckinnon was watching the batteries through his telescope he observed the sentry suddenly stop and narrowly eye the bank what was his dismay to find that one of his men had incautiously stepped forward into a spot where he could be seen hold fast whispered the lieutenant do not move as you value your life the man obeyed and to his infinite relief the sentry at last moved on a few more days passed the officer spent most of the time under the bank while the men lay concealed in the boat at length when dawn broke on the morning of the fourth day to the satisfaction of every one a fresh steady breeze was blowing down the river the men were roused up and eagerly made their way crouching as before among the brushwood to the bank here they lay down at the foot of the rocket stands ready at a preconcerted signal to start up and open their fire at any moment had they been discovered the guns from the battery might have opened on them and blown them to atoms but fortunately the eyes of the enemy were turned up the stream towards the point from whence the ships were expected to appear two guns fired from the flagship was to be the signal that the fleet had got under way about nine a m the welcome sound reached their ears a long pole with the flag of old england fastened at the end was to be planted on the top of the bank at the elevation of which the first discharge of rockets was to take place with eager eyes they watched for the appearance of the squadron the ships of war were at length seen the steamers leading followed by a line of merchantmen one coming after the other till the sternmost was lost in the distance it was a grand sight as they came silently gliding on till the leading ships got within range of the batteries the instant they did so they commenced firing their shells with admirable precision at length the leading ships reached the channel which lay between the cliffs and the island the long-looked-for moment had arrived the commander of the expedition waved his cap when jack who had charge of the flagstaff leaped boldly up on the bank and planted it in the ground the ensign flew out to the breeze it was a signal for the first discharge of rockets up 
hissing loudly they flew while jack taking off his cap made a polite bow to the enemy and quickly leaped off the bank under shelter the rockets curving over the heads of the ships two of them pitched into the very centre of the most crowded part of the batteries completely driving the gunners from their guns two went over their heads and two stuck in the cliffs beneath them the elevation of the rocket stands which had been wrongly pointed being quickly rectified they were once more charged and as soon as the enemy had returned to their guns and were looking along the sights to take aim at the steamers lieutenant mckinnon jumped up on the embankment thoughtless of how he was exposing himself and sung out pepper lads pepper 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 up flew the rockets with admirable aim scattering destruction among the men thickly crowded in the batteries those who were not killed deserted their guns the slaughter among the troops of rosas must have been terrific in one minute forty rockets were poured in among them a still louder sound was then heard and smoke and flames were seen ascending from the batteries a rocket had penetrated an ammunition cart which had blown up increasing the confusion all this time the fleet of merchantmen had been gradually approaching the men of war having already passed had taken up a position from which they could throw their shells into the batteries so what with the shells from the ship's guns and the flights of rockets the gunners even though driven back again and again to their guns were unable to take aim at the ships while the batteries were shrouded by the smoke from the ammunition wagon the grass under the bank catching fire the rocket party were surrounded by so dense an atmosphere that it was impossible for some moments to see what was going forward the wind however soon blew the murky veil aside when the white sails of the merchantmen the sun shining brightly on them were seen gliding by flights of rockets being sent up the whole time in rapid succession till the sternmost ship of the squadron was well out of range of the batteries the enemy now directed their fire at the island aiming at the flagstaff which however was some distance from the rocket party though the shot came plunging down on either side the flag still waved defiantly in their faces while the rockets continued to be sent up but at length the enemy discovering the point from whence they came turned their guns in the right direction the shot however either buried themselves in the bank or flying over the heads of the gallant little band went bounding away across the island the signal of recall was now seen flying from the flagship and the order for decamping was given the people being directed to scatter as widely as possible and to make their way as rapidly as they could without exposing themselves more than was necessary to the boat the men shouldered the rocket stands the remaining rockets and everything belonging to them we must not leave the flagstaff behind cried jack springing to the top of the bank he hauled it out of the ground and waving it in the faces of the enemy leaped down again just in time to escape a shot which came flying over his head now lads run for it cried the officer in command and at the word the whole party set off scampering along through the brushwood towards the boat 
while the shot came whistling after them clipping off the branches of the trees on either side or plunging into the ground behind them or whistling over their heads but thick as had been the shower of iron missiles when they reached the boat to their mutual satisfaction not a single man had been hit the boat was quickly cleared of the willows which concealed her and shoved out into the stream out oars was the word and away she flew down the river to join the squadron as they passed the large island to the south of the one they had occupied they observed three merchantmen which had got on shore from keeping too much over to the east side the boats of the squadron had just come up and were engaged in hauling them off two were got free but the third being immovable was set on fire to prevent the enemy from benefiting by her cargo no other vessel was lost but slight damage was suffered by even those most exposed to the enemy's guns and not a man was hit the flames of the burning vessel cast a lurid glare from bank to bank as the fleet was flying colours proceeded down the broad stream on their voyage to montevideo rosas made no further attempt to molest them he had received a lesson which he was not likely to forget his power was broken and he soon afterwards had to fly the country the british and french squadron on their arrival at montevideo found however that there was still work to be done some of the allies of rosas had been engaged in attempting its capture but they were quickly put to flight and a body of marines and bluejackets were sent on shore to assist the inhabitants in placing the city in a better position of defence chapter twenty seven